Casting live from fairways of Woodside in Sussex. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. Monday here at the fairways of Woodside. Check them out. Reserve a sim. Book your tea time. They are open. Fairwaysofwoodside.com. Gabe Neitzel, Stephen Watson. He's got the Masters hat on, the Tiger shirt. I've got the Tiger polo on. We have... Masters slash Tiger Fever as the big cat is in Augusta. He's been walking the course yesterday, today. I think he went there um, maybe a little early just because the weather doesn't look great for a practice round potential on Tuesday, Wednesday. So he's out there. He said he's a game time decision, but we've allowed ourselves to just buy in fully on the hype train. We are speaking this into existence. We are wearing clothes. He is the biggest needle mover in the sport. And let's be honest, Tiger Woods does not show up this week, Gabe, at Augusta, the week of the tournament, if he's not playing. If he did it last week and did it under the radar and nobody saw him, or maybe two weeks ago because they had the women's am there, I might believe that this is for real, this true game time decision. Tiger's playing. I think he's just protecting against any sort of setback he may have. Like, he doesn't want to promise, then have that setback, then have to describe and and explain the setback. But I'm with you. There's no way he shows up on Sunday. There's no way he goes through the practice round and lets Masters.com post about his round and the crisp iron shots he's hitting. They released the a only hype video. one fairway that he missed allowed the minute-long hype video of Tiger walking the grounds at Augusta National. The only way they allow that, but the only way he allows that to happen is if he believes he's going to play. And I, I fully believe he's going to play. I think we're going to see him tee off. Um, the, the question just kind of comes down to you know, now we just got to wait for his pairing, which I believe will come out at some point tomorrow and see what time he'll actually tee off. He's got a press conference for 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central time scheduled for tomorrow, so we should get more and more answers. But what are your realistic expectations? Let's just go ahead and dive into that because Tiger, with, with where golf is right now, there's a ton of young talent, but Tiger moves the needle like no other. And the only other older player who could potentially move the needle who won a major a year ago, isn't there. We'll talk about Phil coming up in a little bit because Bryson DeChambeau also trying to reach out to Phil and Phil ain't getting back to him. Phil's completely ghosting him. So what are the realistic, what are your expectations? I guess realistic or not, just just what are you expecting? How much hype are you allowing to buy yourself into? Oh, I'm believing all the hype. I'm, I'm fully there, Gabe. Tiger Woods, this is not a U.S. Open. This is not a PGA Championship. This is the course that Tiger has had the most success on in his entire career. He's made 23 starts. He has 14 top 10 finishes. He has 12 top 5 finishes. And, of course, he has 5 wins at Augusta. Tiger Woods does not tee up a shot at Augusta without thinking that he can win. He has missed one cut in his career, and it was as an amateur (laughs) at the Masters. Tiger Woods is playing to win, and my expectations are that he will compete. I don't think he will contend, but I do think he will get through the weekend, and maybe something similar to what we saw last year, which was around T30 or T20. Uh, I believe he was T38. He was one under par. So when he last competed, it was in November of 2020. That was actually his last tournament. 
Yeah. His, the last competitive tournament that Tiger Woods played outside of the PNC, uh, which he does with Charlie, the father-son that happens, uh, you know, as, as Tiger described it, a hit and giggle where he gets to drive around in a golf cart with his son and have some fun. The last competitive round of the PGA Tour he played was at Augusta National as part of the 2020 Masters that DJ ran away with, no crowds, the whole thing. Shoots the record 19 under par. I think Tiger was one under par. Yeah. Around same, similar group as, you know, guys like Colin Morikawa. All right, so, like... I, I guess the only thing, because Tiger has always said, I t- when I tee it up, I think I can win. Yeah. And I, I 100% believe that there is a big part of that that still exists. That's why he's potentially 14 months after a car accident in which he didn't know if he was going to be able to keep his leg. He's teeing it up. But I think that between winning the Masters in 2019 where a motivating factor seemed to be, I want my kids to see, yeah, I'm not just this old washed-up golfer. I'm not just this guy that you, that you can go and read about that won all these times. No, I can go out there and I can win. He did that in 19, and I think we saw a special that was for Charlie and Sam, or for, for Tiger to be able to share that with his kids, Charlie and Sam. And I think there's just a different perspective there from him, knowing that he could have died in this car accident, and he could have lost that leg. So, well, I, I, I believe that he's going to make the cut just because he's Tiger and he's going to figure out a way. And th- the one thing that you need around Augusta is that touch. And that's the one thing that he said he was most confident in when we saw him talk with Jim Nance at Riviera, part of the Genesis Invitational, that, you know, that was the one thing he was able to do. Couldn't take full swings for a long time. So the chips and putts, he's got that down. He feels really good. He's got that touch. And he needs that around Augusta with those tricky greens that they have in case you miss a green. Again, if you're facing some tricky putts. Um, The one thing that I just keep coming back to, that I think he can make the cut, be competitive. And the one thing I keep thinking is, I mean, of course he's not going to win. But, <laughs> but what if he did? Oh goodness! <laughs> well, I mean, what if he just what if he just came out? I mean, 2019 was just such an unbelievable story, and the images of him walking up 18 and making that final putt. And and Gabe, I think that's such a unique part about this tournament in 2022 is the fans, because the last time he teed it up at Augusta, there were no fans. Yeah, this is and, the first time and, they've had full like, fans since Tiger won in 19. And Tiger is going to come to that first tee, and we're both assuming he is going to play. What do you imagine that scene is going to be like? Like, he's going to be walking on air because he's going to have so much adrenaline for playing in front of fans again and what that place means to him. And as you alluded to, his perspective and what really matters. And I I do think that he has an edge of competitiveness that is unmatched in the sport, maybe in all of sport. And I think that that's what's going to carry him through the weekend. And and I think that he'll prove that he is one of one when it comes to being able to compete and get through what he went through. And it seems that everybody's buying into it. Like, everybody is... Tiger Mania is reaching a different level than I think I've ever seen. Because everybody wants him to play. Everybody's going to be excited if he plays. So now we're getting... Things that I've never seen Augusta National do. A hype video yeah. during a practice round? Without him committing. Yes. <laughs> Without Tiger fully saying he's going to play. So they send out the hype video. They give an update on his round at Masters.com, but a couple of birdies, Chris Byron shots, best iron shot he hit was into 17, I think, on Sunday. We're getting reports from Billy Horschel, who's saying, who is 
on the range Sunday at Augusta saying he thinks Tiger's carrying it to 90. You were showing me um, something from earlier today about his practice round today. Like, we are getting more updates on Tiger Woods than I think I've ever seen, which is saying something because Tiger Mania is the highest and most hyped event anytime he tees it up. And it's huge between you and I who are golf lovers and Tiger lovers. I'm sure it's bigger for CBS execs that want to see him there this upcoming <laughs> weekend. ESPN execs, they get to carry the Masters. But what I find to be different about Tiger and how he moves the needle is that he moves it with the players, too. Like, when you hear other players talk about how cool it is to see Tiger back on the course, because I think all of them have perspective moments, right? Like, a lot of them are new dads or have gone through the roller coaster rides of what their profession brings on a day in and day out and understand just how powerful of a player he is and what he has meant to the sport like they're geeking out like we are <laughs> like when you see these guys talk about tiger and what it means to have him back on the course and at some point like he is probably the biggest athlete of all time when you think about what the impact that he has made in his sport I, don't, I can't think of a, an athlete that has made a bigger impact on their sport than Tiger Woods has on golf. And I, and I, think, I, we're like seeing, I, I think we're seeing... Like I'm, I'm what trying. he did in 2019 took it to a whole new level, and now what he is doing coming back from potential of losing his leg to within a year? I mean, this guy is superhuman. I want to I disagree with you when it comes to he's the biggest athlete of all time. I don't know if I can, though. Like, I'm trying to come up with other examples. And, again, the money that he made from Nike, the attention that he brought. Like, as big as MJ was for the NBA, and I think he was pretty instrumental um, in, in, when you talk about where the NBA was, especially with Magic and Larry and how they couldn't even get playoff games on live television. They had to be tape delayed in the 80s at times. And they grow it, and MJ gets it to this fever pitch. MJ wasn't getting other players more money because he was so good. Yeah. Like Tiger, Tiger has, to, uh, to the fact where other players have said, yeah, if it weren't for Tiger Woods, we're not making the money we're making because Tiger just literally raised all boats Tiger, on the PGA Tiger Tour. Tiger does not move the needle. Tiger is the needle. Yes. And I, I don't think that, you know, I think it's an individual sport versus a team sport. That's why it's hard to compare him and Michael Jordan. Sure. Um, and I just think that golf would not be in the position it is, as it is. No, it wouldn't be. Without Tiger Woods. It absolutely would not And be. I think basketball would have enough stars. I mean, yeah, and, and, and they have. And, and Michael Jordan's moved on. And I mean, it took him a while, I think, in the early part of the 2000s. And then LeBron comes along, and they have LeBron, they have Katie, these, these other stars that have carried it. Golf hasn't had that. It's like unique. golf has a Tiger Woods problem. And we've discussed this on this program before about how that's – Golf will fall back into a niche sport, and in the climate now, a niche sport can still survive. It can still survive with the money that they have now and still be able to make money, but it's just a different event, a different event when it comes to Tiger Woods teeing it up. Yeah, and, and going back to my point, it only shows that it's different because what it means to the players as well. Like, the fact that they're geeking out just as much as us just proves the impact that he has, not only within the broadcast and the fandom, but within his own players. And, and I think that that's what makes it so unique when it comes to Tiger because all of them are millionaires because of him. Yeah. <laughs> and they're making a whole lot of money because of him, and they understand that. And they also are rooting for his story because he has changed the narrative from 
what was a pretty low point in 2008 to where he is today? I'm trying to think. And again, it was 30 years ago, so you have inflation and all sort of those things. But I, not that long ago, on Twitter, somebody tweeted out the PGA Tour money leaders from 1992, season long. I think there were two over a million, and like the leader was a million five. Like, Kim Smith just made three million for winning the players. Scotty's already made over seven and through five or six yes. events. Like, the amount of money is just astronomical. On the Tees opening segment brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. So then you have the other side. You have Phil Mickelson. He's not going to be there. The reigning, if I told you, January 1st, Tiger Woods would be playing in the Masters and Phil Mickelson would not, and Phil is healthy. You thought I'd be insane. You thought I'd be nuts. But Phil's absence is certainly something that is noticeable, and it's something that we're going to discuss and get into coming up next on the team. The opening segment was brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your golf game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. On the tee with Gabe and Steven continues next on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson, live from Fairways of Woodside on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Oh my goodness. Anything like that. The great Vern Lundquist on the call, 2005, is Tigers behind the green at 16. He chips in for birdie to take a two-stroke lead. The part that everybody forgets is that he went bogey-bogey, and then they had to go to a playoff, but he won the playoff, so it didn't really matter. And he wins in 2005 for green jacket number four. This is On the Tee. We are hanging out at Fairways of Woodside in Sussex. Check out their website, fairwaysofwoodside.com. I I should probably have done this before I say it, but I'm just going to put it out there. I'm guessing this could potentially be a very busy place Thursday and Friday because with the four simulators that they have here, we were over there. They've got TVs in between each one. And with the package that they have with their satellite provider, uh, they're able to have the live streaming coverage that's typically only on masters.com. So you can see the featured groups, the featured holes, before ESPN picks up the television coverage at 2 o'clock. So weather here is not going to look great on Thursday, a little bit better on Friday. But if you want to get some swings in, you're going to be playing hooky from work. Get some swings in, watch Augusta. It is, it, it's tough to beat. So I would say Fairways of Woodside could be a, a great spot to watch the year's first major come Thursday. And i got to tell you, we, we were at the simulator for a couple of hours before the show, and, and there's enough space in there that you could have a gallery out there to watch you on the simulator <laughs> as well. So, yeah, make sure you come out this weekend. It's a great place to be to watch some golf and play some golf. Fairwaysofwoodside.com is the website. And the golf course is open. Uh, I was talking with Rob McDonald, the owner, earlier, and he said, I believe, tomorrow tomorrow um, is uh, mowing the greens for the first time. First time. They're going to be mowing those greens tomorrow. I saw some crazy guy out there when I pulled into the lot today. Nobody's that crazy. 
I, I, was, I was actually a fan of that dedication to be out on the course today. I thought about it. I rolled up. I thought about it. If I had had my golf shoes, I might have done it. I did not have my golf shoes, though. I didn't want to go out there. And, you might need boots, but. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want to, like, step in the wrong puddle and uh, have to get rid of the current shoes that I'm wearing. But Phil Mickelson Ooh. is noticeably absent from this year's Masters. And we dive into the complex case that is Phil right now. Um, it's all about, their dri- all about the drive, courtesy of our friends at Ewald Automotive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive. We make it easy. Quick cliff notes on Phil Mickelson. If you happen to have been in a cave for the past year, he wins the PGA last May doesn't really do anything else, is a vice captain on the victorious Ryder Cup team, and then as the year progresses and starts to turn over to 2022, it seems as if he's aligning himself with a handful of players who might be going to the Saudi-backed Premier Golf League. In fact, he then has a conversation with Alan Shipnuck, who's releasing a book on Phil Mickelson that's coming out in just a couple of months, and says that, yeah, these are scary mother bleepers, but he thought and he sees an opportunity to potentially change something within golf. Everybody kind of sees through it. They think, especially after Phil called the PGA Tour greedy just a few weeks before the excerpt of this release, uh, this interview was released from Allen, and we haven't seen from Phil since. He's not at Augusta. I don't know if he's serving a suspension because, well, as part of this, he did let it be known that as a member of the PGA Tour, he commissioned lawyers to drop documents for a league that wants to crush the PGA Tour. Kind of seems conduct unbecoming if you're a member of one tour and and you're drawing up legal documents for another. So I don't know if he's under a suspension right now, if this is self-imposed from Phil, but the big story today is Bryson DeChambeau reaches out to, said that he has reached out to Phil, but has gotten nothing in return, nothing but silence. So I don't know what's going on with Phil. The Tiger mania certainly is taking off some of the, I think, early week story of, man, this feels weird without Phil Mickelson, three-time champion, especially when you have and juxtapose it against Tom Watson being one of the honorary starters, joining Gary Player and Jack Nicklaus. So now there are three, and we're starting to get to that point in Phil's career. He's 50-plus, and Phil's going could have been an honorary starter at the Masters whenever his career was done because he's the three-time champion. I don't know what is and is not on the table anymore in terms of Phil Mickelson's future. Phil Mickelson, this was going to be the 30th Masters he was going to play in. This is the first one he's missing since 1994. Um, it's funny you mentioned Bryson DeChambeau because I almost feel like, you know the movie Space Jam? I'm familiar. When the Monstars get the power from all the NBA players and they suck it through the basketball... I almost feel like that happened from Bryson to Phil at some point in Ryder Cup weekend because Phil has a lot of Bryson in him to start off this entire year. He was riding high. Think about Bryson. He was winning. Phil won. Phil was riding high after the Ryder Cup. He started talking too much, and he started saying some things that got him with his foot in his mouth, and now he went too far and realized 
that the guys he thought were his friends were actually off doing their own thing. And he got caught on an island by himself. And that island caused him a suspension from the league that he really, the tour that he wants to be on and the one that everybody else wants to be on. So now Phil is... So you think that Phil is actually suspended right now? Yes. So the PGA Tour, for those unfamiliar, the PGA Tour, because they are a player-run organization, have made it... Uh, one of their policies is if a player is suspended, they do not comment on that as a tour. So if Phil wanted to put out there, hey, I've been suspended, he could. That would be his prerogative, but... The PGA Tour is not going to release a pre- throw out a press release the way that the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball would when a player gets suspended. And Phil, it had to have come from Phil's camp to withdraw from the Masters. That wasn't a decision by the Masters. That has to come from Phil because he's a past champion. Yep. And that came from his camp, clearly, because I think it was March 20th, March 21st is when the official word came out that Phil was withdrawing from the Masters. And... That is the type of event that you put everything aside and you play in that event, especially when you're about to play in your 30th year. And this would be a place for him to return. I mean, he could have returned, if he's not under some sort of suspension, could have returned, I think, easily last week at the Valero, Texas Open, handled any media blitz, show up at the Masters, somebody asks you a question, I think I addressed all that last week, focused on Augusta, you answer your questions. And it, it would be a softer landing spot because of how protective Augusta is at times of the players and media members know if you step out of bounds, you may have your credential revoked for a year, you know, and you don't want that to happen. And Augusta being Augusta, they could have protected Phil a little bit had he decided to return, obviously decided that this was not the place. The thing for me is I think it's going to get worse for Phil before it gets better. I think this book by Alan Shipnuck, uh, if you read the, the excerpts and have been paying attention to anything Alan's been saying around it, he's saying that he thinks that his book is very fair, but there are going to be things that Phil doesn't like. And I think there are going to be some rumors that we've all heard about Phil. I mean, th- this is a guy who, other than Brett Favre, I don't know who's been more Teflon in his career. This is a guy who survived an insider trading scandal. It was no big deal. He was finally two commas, six figures by the FCC for an insider trading deal. Eh, it kind of blew over. It wasn't a big deal. Still smiling on the course, giving I, you the thumbs up. I think there are going to be some things in that book that are going to be really damning for Phil. Um, and I think it's going to take him a little time to bounce back. And I don't know if it's going to be on the PGA Tour or if he decides to chase that money. Because the PGA is still happening. They announced, they announced dates. And I'm wondering, and he might not even, that might not even be an option, because if you are expecting to get a big chunk, chunk of money from somebody and then you call those people scary mother bleepers, even if they are, chances are they're not going to want to pay you the money you thought that they were going to. And I think that Phil might, we might see a similar Tiger situation to Tiger's rise. And, and you think of the culture that we have right now, the society that we have, and it's built around social media, which is really where Phil probably got himself into his own trouble by commenting so much on the USGA and, you know, lashing out and, and being very polarizing. And then obviously his comments surfacing on social media. He was at the highest of highs last year, winning the PGA, the oldest, you know, first major year old winner, to, yeah. to ever win a major. And of course, to the Ryder Cup as well. And now we are seeing his historic fall. But there's nothing that fans love more than a comeback story. And I think that Phil will eventually have the opportunity to write his own narrative here 
It's just a question of whether or not Phil can get out of his way or not. And that's what I worry about with Phil. He, he's going to have limited opportunities because when Tiger had his comeback story, and he, I mean, he didn't win a major, he's, but in 2013 he won five times, including a player's. So he kind of had that comeback from you know, the personal and sexual scandal that he had to deal with. And I think the 2019 Masters victory and the, play, and the, uh, the Tour Championship that he won before that, and then the Zozo was more about coming back from the back surgeries that he had and the injuries that he had to deal with post-2015, you know, 2014-2015. And he was able to do that because he was still relatively young. Like, Phil's going to have, yeah, he could play at Augusta. He's going to have, you know, as a PGA champion, he's got exemptions through some of the majors in, in because of where he is. He can play on some of these events in the PGA Tour. But by the time he comes back, like, 52? You think he's beyond the curve? He, can, uh, he then, can do really good on the, on the Champions Tour, and I think he can do some really good things there. I just don't think we're going to see a Phil Mickelson redemption on the PGA Tour. But I don't think and, and that maybe, that's maybe possible it's not, maybe because it's not he's the just player. too old. Maybe it's not the player. Maybe it's the person. Oh, maybe, sure. Maybe it's a, it's a great Ryder Cup story in the future where he gets Oh, he's never going to be a captain. No? I don't think he's ever going to be a captain. Because the one thing that I think we learned about Phil, nobody really had his back either. Like, Phil went out on that limb and everyone's like, ooh, kind of walked away. But I don't see JT, Jordan Spieth, Scheffler. I don't see these guys responding to Phil the way they did when Tiger was their captain in 2019 in the President's Cup, or the way they responded to Strick when asked, you know, and Dustin, Dustin Johnson had to hold back the curse word during the press conference if they wanted Strick to be their captain again. And yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I just don't think that he has that respect among his peers. I think his, I think his peers know some things that we're all about to find out with the Allen Chip Cookbook. Yeah, it will be fascinating to see and, and what his journey looks like moving forward. I, I think it's just so fascinating that we, he's literally fallen off the map. Yeah, the fact that he's not returning Bryson DeChambeau's texts. It makes you wonder, Man. if he's not coming back for Augusta, when is he coming back, if at all? Yeah, I, I can't imagine he comes back. To it's going to be weird if Phil's not back for the PGA to defend that. But I think it's a real thing that you have to think about, and it's a real thing you have to consider. Golf weather in Wisconsin, it is here. If you're looking for a great place to get outside, head to Fairways of Woodside in Sussex, where, that's where we're at right now on this masterful Monday. There's a great atmosphere, great food, drink menu. I had some of that great food earlier. I would suggest the chicken nuggets, real good, great dipping sauce. Uh, what is that? That's like a Thai dipping sauce. Sweet chili dipping sauce, I apologize. Thank you. Thank you to Jalen, who would be one of your lovely servers out here if you come out to Fairways or Woodside. Uh, I love to get out here with my golfing buddies like uh, we were here earlier today, Stephen, and you should get out here too. Head to the website, fairwaysofwoodside.com. We've got some picks to make with the first major of the year. We do that from Fairways of Woodside Golf Course. Coming up next on the tee. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson, live from Fairways of Woodside on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside.
that doesn't get you ready for the year's first major, I don't know what will. And that is being performed live right here at the Fairways of Woodside Golf Course on the TM Gabe Nights along with Stephen Watson. Jessica doing a great job of playing the theme song for the first major of the year that you will be hearing on your television screens. Gabe, I'm about to flip the table. Yeah, I know. Like it's it's like the quietest, like most peaceful spring song. It's the most beautiful. And it just gets you jacked up for golf. I hear this. We're very nerdy. And this I, is <laughs> It relaxes most, but it gets my adrenaline pumping. Uh, you okay. You, you want to get adrenaline pumping? This from Fred Couples. He's kind of a tough guy. He's never going to let you know if he's in pain. He looked good walking. You can always be in pain, but to hit it like that, now it's just the walking part. If he can walk around here for 72 holes, he'll contend he's too good. Who do you think he's talking about? I want to show you the guy he's talking about, because I just saw this on Twitter from Golf TV, this image of Tiger playing his practice round today, teeing off on 18. This is Monday at the Masters. (laughs) It's 10 deep. It's 10. It's 20 deep. This looks like Sunday at Augusta, and Tiger hitting his tee shot on 18. I mean... Man, I, I, I don't care how he plays this weekend. I don't care. Just to watch Tiger tee off on one on Thursday, it's going to be one of the best opening shots of any tournament of all time. So now the question is, do either one of us have the guts to take Tiger? We find out right now it's time to make some fantasy golf picks. Thanks to Gruber Law Office's one call, that's all. We've got to make our major championship prediction, our first one. Now, we made some major championship predictions at the end of the year, right here at Fairways of Woodside, after we had the On the Tee open. We made some predictions for this upcoming year. Do you remember who you took? I remember who I took. And if I was a a better host, I would have gone back and listened, and I'd be able to tell you. I know I took Jordan Spieth. I am not going to take Jordan Spieth today. Um... As much as I would love to take Jordan and either you or Max, I think it was it Max who had sent us that crazy stat about Jordan Spieth since 2015 where he, he's beaten 96% of the field at Augusta, but he only has one green jacket. Um, it is unbelievable how well he's played there. However, he's kind of playing bad right now, so I cannot take Jordan Spieth in good conscience. I am going to take his buddy. I'm taking JT. I know JT has oh, not been a factor. Man, we just shredded JT at the Masters last <laughs> week, and now you're fully on board. I love it. Let's I, go. He, he hasn't been good at majors. I think he gets rid of that. He is hitting the ball too well. He has been very close to some wins. I think his putting is going to be good enough, and I think JT wins this weekend. What say you? Here is why Justin Thomas is a great pick. He has five straight top 25s at Augusta, and he has six top tens already this season. He's improved pretty much every year he has played at the Masters, but I just still don't think he is a good enough putter to win at Augusta. I, I want to see him win. I love JT. I would love to see him get a green jacket, and he's too good of a player to only have one major right now. I just don't think it's coming at Augusta. My, my counter to that is he's a better putter than Hideki, and Hideki won last year. That's fair. All right. If you, if you stripe it good enough, you don't have to be a great putter, and he has been hitting it that good this year. Let me tell you guys that I love this weekend that I'm not going to pick. Tiger. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tiger's a whole nother level. <laughs> I love Cam Smith. Yep. I think that he is a great, if you're in, into the sports betting, he has pretty good odds. He's got three top tens and five starts at the Masters. I love this weekend for Rory because the spotlight is finally not on him. It's on Tiger. He could potentially get his Grand Slam. But I think it's going to be a classic Rory backdoor top ten. That's what he loves to do. He missed the cut this last week. Yeah, that, yeah. That wasn't great for some of us who may have picked him in a one-and-done pool. But that's neither here nor there. Steven, who is your rumor law office's one call, that's all, pick of the week? I love a redemption story, Gabe. And I am going to go with Xander Shoffley. That was the other one I was thinking of. Xander's played after, very well here. After melting down on 16 last year and losing to Hideki. He has two top threes in the last three years at the Masters, and he is still searching for that first major. He got his gold medal. He's got his Ryder Cup. He now gets his green jacket. I have Xander Shoffley winning the Masters. He played really well in 19. I mean, I think he was one or two over par after the opening round, fought back, made the cut, and played tremendous on the weekend, played great that Sunday. Just started from a too far back of a position, couldn't chase down Tiger and Francesco Molinari and Brooks Kepka. but he finished. That was the other top three that you mentioned. You have last year, and then you go back to 2019 as well. I think Xander is a tremendous pick. Uh, so we are hanging out here at the Fairways of Woodside, having a good time here, and the last segment of the show, we always break down a golf course, and, and we've talked about that. Well... To help us break down one of the most famous golf courses on the planet, because we all see it each and every April, is the superintendent right here at Fairways of Woodside, who is an intern at Augusta National Golf Club. Best internship ever. We're going to find out more about that. Apparently, there are some things that he can say, some things he can't. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about his favorite holes on the golf course as we continue to get you ready for the year's first major live from Fairways of Woodside. It's on the tee. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more on the tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. Four, it's on the tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson, live from Fairways of Woodside on 94.5 ESPN, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is. The return to glory. Jim Nance on Tiger Woods' final putt in 2019. I thought he was going to make the first one to save the bar. Ended up, he only needed two putts. Was able to tap it in. Uh, big thank you as we are out here at Fairways of Woodside. I'm Gabe Nutso along with Stephen Watson. Big shout out to Jessica for coming out here and indulging us and playing the Masters theme song live on the radio. It was fantastic. Big thank you to her for uh, showing up here at Fairways of Woodside. So we, each and every week break down a golf course and we figured we would break down the world's most famous golf course with the help of Kevin Hartenberger who is the superintendent here at Fairways Woodside and this is all courtesy of our friends at Waste Management. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. 
Kevin Hartenberger is the superintendent here at Fairways of Woodside. How long have you been here at Fairways? Um, this will be my third season. Um, just had my two-year work anniversary here, so um, got into the spring of it, COVID uh, 2020 year, and my third day I had to let go of my staff, and it was just me by myself. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah. we got Jeez. thrown into the ring here. Trial yeah. by fire. <laughs> so... You had an internship at Augusta National. Yes. How did that come about? So I was in college at University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Shout out to the Pioneers. Yeah, go Pios. Um, I changed my major a bunch of times. The summer before um, I had my internship at Augusta National, I worked at a golf course. Um, the superintendent there had me handpicking weeds and bunkers for two weeks by myself. Uh, I walked into his office, and I'm like, all right, I'm done with that. What's next? And he's like, I thought you would quit. And I'm like, <laughs> why would you say that? He goes, because that's the worst job that's out here. And I go, well, if that's the worst thing you have to do, I want to do that the rest of my life. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> so I was in my dorm room um, looking at the top 100 list of golf courses uh, with a newfound passion for turf grass. And I'm like, where do I want to go um, to do an internship? Um, put out a bunch of feelers to Oakland Hill, Chicago Golf Club, more like local places from Rockford, Illinois, where I'm from, and couldn't find any email addresses for Augusta National. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did Otherwise find they'd have thousands from my address. <laughs> but I did find a phone number, and so I just called them one day. Um, I'm like, hey, I'm looking for internship, like, uh, people to communicate with, and um, I can't find anything. They're like, well, yeah, there's a reason for that. And I'm like, well, how do I get down here? And they're like, well, we'll set up a phone interview. So the next week I had a phone interview. Uh, missed it because I forgot the time change. So oh, I was, Eastern to Central. Oh, yeah, oh. I, I was cooking in the dining hall center. It was like 7 in the morning, and then all of a sudden I get a call from Georgia, and I'm like, oh, no. So I run out there with my chef coat on and everything and take the phone call. And um, Two weeks later I was on my way down there. What, were you, what did you do? What did you learn in the internship? What were you doing yeah. at Augusta National? Um, so I was a horticulture intern down there. So I was the only intern at the time. The green staff had a couple interns down there. So I did all, I was involved in all of the non-sports turf. So all the azaleas that you see out there, all the pine cone beds around all the cabins, all that stuff, we took care of that. So we actually had more turf than the golf course staff did. That's just how big the property is. Wow. <laughs> Which I don't think you realize. Because you just no. think, I mean, again, you watch the events each and every week, or each yeah. and every year, and you just think the golf course. But when you get on property there, you see That's how massive it is. That's probably 50% of the property, if that. Um, so, yeah, the property is absolutely massive, and every single inch of it is as detailed as the golf course. One quick question for you. Mm -hmm. Can you get me tickets? I, I can't get tickets. Okay. Do you do you step back on a golf course like that and appreciate it like somebody who's never been there does on TV? I mean, do you do you have a wow moment when you're out there? Even more because it's so different than it looks on TV. Like you can't see all the elevation changes, and that everyone says that on the broadcast, but it's the truth. I mean, it is hillier than you know the glacial till area that we're in right now it is insane how many ups and downs there are on that golf course and just how the um, land really contours with the course and everything so yeah I, you were i was in awe for a good uh, two to three weeks of the five months i was there I, I would imagine that there are a lot of secrets at augusta national that yeah. you cannot talk about ah, what some is, of them what is the, <laughs> no, do tell what what is the coolest thing that you can tell us that people might not know about Augusta National. 
that they don't know or the coolest thing that I experienced there? Yes. Or bo- okay. both. Let's go both. Um, Why not both? So coolest thing that you – know, I'll just – some people think that they have a dome. I'm sure everyone's heard that in a temperature-controlled dome or that they have, you know, soil that's specifically at a certain temperature so that the azaleas will bloom on time. Perfect. That ain't true. Um, it's just not. It's, you know, those people down there, they're so good at what they do that there's different ways that you can prolong the blooms on the azaleas to, you know, make them last another week. But that tournament's specifically designed around, you know, spring bloom and everything, and everything looks amazing. Um, And then, like, the coolest thing was Masters Week. I was in charge of the players' tent for the flowers. So, I yeah, it was really cool. So I had, you know, all the credentials to get in anywhere. And I remember Thursday morning, I went to check in on the players' tent, and it was right after um, Gary, Arnie, and Jack had done their first tee shot, and they came back and had breakfast, and there was a big potted white gardenia um, plant, and I probably stood at that plant for 30 minutes doing nothing just because those three were like (laughs) two feet away from me having breakfast. I'm sure they're like, what is this kid doing? Like, why is he just standing there? But I was just listening to what they were ha- having to say. And Why is I, he replanting this same flower? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure over. I picked, like, the same leaf off and tried putting it back on for a good 20 of those minutes. Yeah, it was just insane. Kevin Hartenberger, he is the, uh, he is the superintendent here at Fairways of Woodside. So you, you were at – you interned at Augusta National. You mm-hmm. spent time at Aaron Hills. Yeah. So at those – I mean, those are – I mean, obviously, Augusta, Huge, probably yeah. the most famous golf course in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Hills hosted a U.S. Open. They've got the, the U.S. Mid-Am, a U.S. Women's Open coming up. Uh, so when you work at places like that, what information do you take to then bring to Fairways of Woodside? You know, I think that goes to every golf course I've worked at, um, but be it a local par three course or a muni or these high-end public or private clubs. You know, you're going to find things that you like and dislike about everyone's operation, and you're going to take little bits of that and implement it into your operation. Now, there are some things, obviously, that don't work out that way if they aren't cost-effective, because um, let's be real, Augusta's budget is a little bit different than Fairways of Woodside's budget. I don't believe it. Rob, is that true? <laughs> Um, Rob McDonald, owner, confirming that is indeed the case. Um, So it's just finding a balance, you know, finding what works for the property because no two golf courses are the same. So you aren't going to do the same thing at two different places. It just doesn't work that way. You know, plants don't respond that way. Soil isn't structured that way. So um, finding little things and then taking the good parts of that and implementing them into your program is, you know, one of the bigger things in our industry. Yeah. I would imagine the azaleas don't bloom till August here. <laughs> Is that what we can expect? Yeah, you know, a little bit after Easter, so early April, mid-April. Who knows with this spring, though. I mean, we had snow yesterday, and next week's going to be beautiful. So. And I know Gabe and I are going to finish in our favorite hole, but having been somebody that walked every single hole on that golf course many times, what's mm-hmm. your favorite hole on Augusta and why? Ten. Ten. A hundred percent. That center fairway bunker, and going back to what I said earlier, you don't know how big the elevation change is on that hole. You're driving a ball that's a good 100 100 yards below your feet in the landing zone. It's straight downhill, and then the green comes back uphill, and then even the height to 11T is a 30-degree slope going straight up. It's awesome. 
Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> ten is insane. Ten is insane, and the one thing I, I think with ten, when you watch it on TV, because it's like a four hundred fifty yard hole. You know, it's like mm. this big. Guys are hitting three when you're going what? But because the elevation change and you want to be able you to turn the, the three over, you slot, you turn it over and it's run it down real. there. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly appreciate the time. Uh, before we let you go, what's Tiger going to do this weekend? Make the cut. Um, I don't know if he'll be. I think he'll make the cut. I don't know if he'll be in contention just because of the elevation changes and the walk. I mean, it, he's been off professional golf. I mean, he's still more jacked than I could ever be in my life. <laughs> but it's you're going to get tired. I don't care who you are. Four days of doing that. It was just like 2017 at Aaron Hills. These undulations in the landscape are unreal, and they really do take a toll on you. Favorite hole, Steven? My favorite hole is, having never been there but on TV, I, I think the drama of 16 is my favorite on Augusta just because we've seen Tiger's iconic shot there, but it just feels like there's always that Sunday shot, and it always turns at 16. So my favorite hole before I went down, and I was there for the practice round of 2019, my favorite hole on television was always 13. I just thought it was a great par 5. It's, it's really like a par 4.5. But, you know, so many guys under the pressure miss it just a little bit, ended up in the tributary to Race Creek. After being there, my favorite hole is 15 because you have no idea when you're standing on top of that hill. Like, when you watch it on TV, it's like, oh, they just go for the green, no big deal. And, and it happened last year where Hideki ran one over and into the pond over on 16. Like, there's actually not that much space behind the green. You, they, you, it, they make it look so easy. But if you were standing over that shot playing that golf course, you're going, there's really no place to miss this shot. Yeah, and, that and approach is amazing. It's such a great par five. And it's been lengthened now this year. I'm really curious to see how it plays. Does mm-hmm. the wind really swirl on 12? It like does. the players always talk about. Yeah, I mean, even just out picking pine cones or trimming the azaleas behind 12, I mean, you, it changes all the time. And I can imagine that once the ball is in flight and it's higher and everything, it swirls even more. But it's a, it's a weird anomaly of that place that there are massive wind shoots and tunnels with the tree-lined fairways and everything, and it all kind of just comes to a, you know, a big meeting point at Amen Corner, and that's what makes it special. Well, you're doing a great job out here. If you ever go back to Augusta and you need an intern, let me know. (laughs) You know the guys to call. Kevin, thank you so much for the time as he helped us break down this week's major at Augusta National. I hope everybody out there enjoys Master Week. It only comes once a year, and it's worth the wait each and every year. For Stephen Watson, I'm Gabe Neitzel. Big thanks to everybody out here at Fairways of Woodside, including Jessica, for coming out and playing the Masters theme song. This has been on the team. Buy more, save more with a patio door.